Let's pray as we come to read from God's word this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word to us, which speaks to us of the salvation we have received in Jesus Christ and also speaks into so many different aspects of our Christian lives and teaches us how to live, to honour and love and serve you. And so I just pray as I teach this morning, I would teach what is true, that all I say would be from you and of you and glorifying to you, Lord God. And I, I pray that it wouldn't just be words coming from my mouth, Heavenly Father, but the words that I speak would speak to all those who are watching this video this morning and would challenge them, Lord. Would you help this sermon land with our people? For your glory, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. As I mentioned at the start of this service today, we're thinking all about global mission and what it means to be part of a global family of churches on a global mission together. And in order to preach into this topic of global mission and being part of a family of churches, I want to preach from Philippians 4 verses 10 to 20, the end of Paul's letter to the Philippian church. And what we see in these verses that I'm about to read is how the local church, how the Philippian church are supporting Paul, the apostle, who's going around the world preaching the gospel. The, the, the Philippian church loves to support and help Paul on his mission. And in that sense, the local Philippian church are able to join with Paul in his global mission. And so as I read this passage and as I preach, I want us to see two things this morning. Firstly, we as Christians, if you're a Christian this morning, I'm speaking to you, we are part of a global mission to see as many people as possible respond to the good news of Jesus Christ. We have the best news in the world as Christians, that people can have a relationship with God. They can know the creator of the universe through Jesus Christ. And so we want to preach the message of Jesus Christ and we want as many people as possible, not just in Fareham, but around the world to hear and respond to the glorious good news of Jesus Christ. That's the first thing I want to see. We're part of a global mission to reach people with the good news of Jesus. And secondly, I want us to see that it is right, it is biblical, it is worshipful, it is pleasing to God that we as individuals and the local church give financially to support global mission. Christians and local churches should not just use their money to fund the mission in their local area, but should also be using their money to support the global mission. Let's read together. Philippians 4 verses 10 to 20. This is what Paul writes. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am, I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, 
and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my troubles. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory for ever and ever. Amen. So I hope it's obvious to you as you were listening to that passage read that the Philippian church were regularly supporting Paul in his global apostolic mission. And that's my first point, really, this morning. Local churches must not just focus on their own local area, but must be giving towards the global apostolic mission of God. The Church of Philippi is an example to us of a local church giving away in order that the gospel might go to new parts of the world. You can see that in verse 15, when Paul left Macedonia. Philippi was a city in Macedonia. So when Paul left Philippi, when Paul left Macedonia, when he left, says verse 15, the Philippian church supported him gave to him, helped him on his journey. You can see it again in verse 16 when Paul was in, on, in Thessalonica. Twice the Philippian church gave to support Paul in his mission um, in Thessalonica and beyond. And then in verse 10, the passage begins with Paul saying, now the Philippian church have once again revived their concern for him. In other words, they have once again started giving financially to him to help him in the global mission. As I hope you can see, the local church demonstrates is an example to us in giving to support the global mission and we believe this at Christ Church Fair and we believe that as a local church we should be giving money away to support the gospel of Jesus Christ going throughout the world and so 10% of all the income we receive as a church is earmarked to be given away half of that 10% so 5% of all the income we receive goes to commission to support Guy Miller and his team in taking the good news of Jesus Christ all around the world you know, Commission right now has churches in Spain, Portugal, Brazil, the United States and, and, and India and all over all countries all over the world. And we're looking to expand and continue to go to places where the gospel hasn't been heard before and to go to places where the church is struggling and needs new people to go and plant and preach the good news of Jesus Christ. And so we give five um, percent of all our income to Commission and the other half is earmarked and set aside to alleviate poverty by supporting local and global charities. So we're living this out as a church. We believe this as a church. 
that as a local church, even though we're focused on Fareham, we pray for Fareham, we preach the gospel so that people in Fareham might hear it, we also have a heart for the whole world to hear about Jesus. So we're living this out as a church, but we also believe in moments like this, where we ask our people to give specifically to Commission's global mission. And I, I make no apologies for that. I, this is a sermon where I am encouraging you as an individual Christian to give to global mission. And in particular, I'm suggesting that giving to commission would be a good way of supporting the good news of Jesus Christ going throughout the world. This is exactly what was happening in Philippi, by the way, in the passage we just read. Paul says that Epaphroditus has brought the Philippian gift to Paul. And so I think what's going on in Philippians 4 is that Epaphroditus was in Philippi and he was speaking to the church about all that Paul was doing in his global apostolic mission. And so he said, we're going to take a collection. If you give your money, if you put your put your money in the collection pot today, then we're going to use that money. We're going to take it to Paul and Paul's going to preach the gospel in Thessalonica. He's going to preach the, the gospel in Rome. He's going to preach the gospel in Spain. He's taking the gospel around the world. And so we want to support him. And then the collection plate was passed round and then Epaphroditus collected that gift and took it to Paul and blessed Paul with the money given generously by the Philippian church. And so this is a moment where I'm calling us as Christchurch Fairham and you as an individual Christian to give to global mission and to support commission the family of churches of which we are a part. That's my first point this morning. The local church and individual Christians should support global mission. My second point, though, from Philippians chapter four, is that Paul doesn't need the money. Paul doesn't need the money. Have a look at what Paul says in verse 11. Not that I am speaking of being in need. Paul says, I'm not speaking of being in need in these verses. And actually what Paul says in verses 11 to 13 is extraordinary. I love verses 11 to 13 in Philippians chapter 4. Paul says, I do not need the money. I'm not speaking of being in need because I have learnt to be content in whatever situation I find myself. Church, you might have heard of the prosperity gospel. The prosperity gospel is a false teaching that says if you are faithful to God, you will prosper materially here on earth. That's what the prosperity gospel teaches. And it's a lie. It's false teaching. It says if you're faithful, you'll be rich, you'll be wealthy, you will prosper. And if you're unfaithful, you will be poor and you won't prosper. And so it links your material wealth with how faithful you are to God. And the prosperity gospel is not true. It's taught by false teachers. If you hear someone talking like that, you should firstly tell someone in the church to check that teacher out so they can see whether you are truly listening to a false teacher. And, and secondly, run. I would run from anyone who teaches prosperity gospel, run for they are a false teacher. It's clearly not true simply based on this passage here in Philippians chapter four, because Paul's speaking from experience. Paul is saying, I'm a faithful apostle. I've been given a mission by God. I'm taking the gospel to all these different places. And yet I know 
what it is to be brought low. I know what it is to hunger. I know what it is to thirst. Do you see? Prosperity gospel can't possibly be true. Otherwise, Paul would be very, very rich. And yet, uh, as, as he writes the letters to the Philippians, he's in prison in Rome. And throughout his life, he experienced many moments of persecution and poverty and hunger and actually having nothing at all. So we don't believe in the prosperity gospel. The prosperity gospel is a lie. Rather, we believe in the contentment gospel. And the contentment gospel is spelled out by Paul in those verses from 11 to 13. We believe whether you're rich or poor, whether you're hungry or well fed, rather, if everything's going your way or if everything feels really difficult at the moment, we can be content because in all those situations, we have God himself. We believe in the contentment gospel. We believe in the good news of contentment in God himself. And whatever circumstance you're going through this morning, if you're a Christian, if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you have God and he brings contentment and satisfaction. I think this is actually one of the lessons of lockdown, in a sense. Much during this season since March has been stripped away. When we were forced to stay inside and not see people, it felt like so much of our life had been pulled away and things that we were unable to do. And and so one of the lessons of lockdown for me is, does God himself bring us sufficient joy? Or have we felt like just all joy has been robbed from us in this season of lockdown as things have been taken away do you run out of joy or do you remember that in god you have great joy and he is still with you even in lockdown one of my favorite verses in all the bible begins in habakkuk 3 verse verse 17 and it says this though the fig tree does not bud though the produce of olive fail Though the field yield no food, though the flock be cut off from the pen, from the sheepfold, though there be no herd, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of the deer's. He makes me walk in my high places. Do you see what Habakkuk is saying? He's saying, even if I have no figs, no olives, no wheat for bread, no sheep and no cattle, even if I have nothing at all, everything's failed, everything's gone wrong, disaster has come, even if I'm in that situation, I will rejoice in God. The God of my salvation brings me strength and joy. And so even in the most dire circumstance, I can feel like a deer treading, bouncing, floating on the heights. This is the good news of Christianity. You can find joy in all situations. You can know contentment in all situations for God himself is your joy. 
He has given you himself, firstly in the person of Christ, who came to earth to save you, who died on the cross for your sins, who rose from the dead in glory, who ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God. He gave himself up for you upon the cross in dying for your place. So God has given you himself in the person of Christ, firstly. And secondly, God has given you himself in the person of the Holy Spirit. After Jesus has ascended into heaven, God the Father and God the Son breathed out the Holy Spirit. So if you're a Christian, you have God. He is with you now in the person of the Holy Spirit. And he can never be taken away. His love, his friendship, his fatherhood, his salvation will be with you always into eternity. And that brings us great joy, great contentment, great satisfaction, whatever is going on in our lives around us. But Paul is saying even more in Philippians chapter 4. Because in verse 13, Paul says, I can do all things through him, through Christ, who strengthens me. It's important we read that verse in its biblical context, by the way. You know, that is the sort of verse that is just plastered in lots of different places out of context. But in context, when Paul speaks of all things... He's speaking about his global mission to share the gospel. And what he's saying is, from a human perspective, you would think that Paul needs money to fulfill his mission. Humanly speaking, you would say that, wouldn't you? If Paul doesn't have the money to go on his global mission, then the mission's going to fail. But Paul knows something else to be true. Paul knows that his mission doesn't actually depend on money. No, it's the power of Christ that helps him do all things. It's the power of Christ that strengthens him. It's the power of Christ that takes the good news around the globe. It's the power of Christ that has meant Christ Church Fairham has grown and become established as a church and shared the gospel with people. It's the power of Christ. It's not money that, that makes the, the mission prosper. It's the power of Christ. And so that means Paul can be content in every circumstance because even when no one's giving him anything and he survives, on on just scraps or or he's living in hunger and in poverty he can say i can still do all things because i still have the power of christ and through me i'm strengthened to do all things by his power and his strength paul didn't need the money because he knew contentment and he knew the strengthening power of christ with him in his mission and so we say this morning paul didn't need the money in Philippians chapter 4, in many ways, commission doesn't need your money. The, the mission of commission um, to transform thousands of lives through hundreds of churches in tens of nations, that mission, that vision will continue even if you don't give, because the people in commission are faithful to, to see that mission fulfilled. And they know that it's the power of Christ that helps them fulfill that. Paul doesn't need your money. Commission doesn't need your money. And even more importantly, we can say God doesn't need your money. He, he is the owner. He has authority over all things. So he doesn't need you to give. And yet the Philippians still gave. In Philippians chapter four. And I'm still encouraging us to give to commission. And I still 
want to speak truth into your life that individual Christians should give financially to support the global mission of God. And so the question is why? If Paul didn't need the money and commission doesn't need the money and God doesn't need us to financially support global mission, why should we still give? And I can see four reasons in the text given in Philippians chapter four. And I'm going to briefly go through these four reasons before wrapping up my sermon. So four reasons why we as the local church and why we as individual Christians should give to support global mission. And the first reason is this, giving to global mission brings joy. Have a look at verse 10. Paul begins this passage by saying, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. When Paul received the money from Epaphroditus, from the Philippian church, he rejoiced greatly. It brought him joy. There's a church who cares about my mission. There's a church who cares about the fruit of the gospel. And so they've given to me, given this money to me in order that my mission might advance. And it fills me with joy. So I want to ask you this morning, do you use your money to bring joy to others? Now, if you're a family person, I imagine you you know what it is to enjoy spending your money to bring joy to another person. And families are often often quite good at this. I know as a as a married man, one of the things I enjoy doing is buying my wife Rachel presents, spending my money in order to bring Rachel joy. And and, you know, when, when we come up to a major celebration, when we come up to Christmas, it, to be honest, it really doesn't matter what I get as a present from Rachel. What I'm really passionate about is buying her a gift and, and bringing her joy with the presents that I give to her. So if you're part of a family or if you're married, you probably know this feeling that you like to spend your money to bring other people joy. But I wonder whether sometimes our our perspective on this is too narrow and we have a narrow family focus so we spend our money to bring people in our family joy but I wonder whether we need to widen our perspective on this and think about giving to the wider global church family in order to bring joy to people all around the world who are in the church in Christ. I wonder if you've ever thought about that. How can I spend my money? How can I give my money to bring joy to people in the wider church family around the globe? The Philippian church got this. They're saying we're going to give to Paul. We love Paul. He's part of our church family. And we know that when we give to him, it will bring him joy. And so that's one reason to give to global mission, to bring joy to the missionaries and the apostles and the Christian leaders who are around the globe proclaiming the gospel of Christ. Your gift to global mission will bring them joy. Second reason to give to Paul, to give to commission, to give to global mission is because it's kind. Have a look at verse 14. Paul says, yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. You know, I I really feel this. I want to use my money to be kind. Often we use our money to be selfish, to support ourselves, to build ourselves up, to improve our own situations. But 
I want to use my money to be kind. Kindness is one of the fruit of the Spirit. So if you have the Holy Spirit, if God has given you the gift of the Holy Spirit, and all who have put their faith in Jesus Christ have received the Holy Spirit, you should have this this part of you, this spirit working inside of you to want you to be kind. And so you, you feel like you want to be kind to others. And one way you can express the fruit of kindness is by giving to global mission. It was kind of the Philippian church to support Paul. And in the same way, let us be kind in supporting commission and in supporting global mission around the world. Let's express kindness. I want to use my money to be kind to others. So giving to global mission brings joy and it's kind. The third reason we should give to global mission is in order to bear fruit all across the globe. In verse 17, Paul says, I don't seek the gift. The money itself isn't important to me. But what he says in verse 13 is, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. Paul seeks the fruit, the way this money can be used to build the kingdom of God. Now, Christians are designed to bear fruit. Christians should bear fruit in keeping with the salvation we have received from Jesus Christ. We're to bear spiritual fruit. We're to show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. The fruit of the spirit listed in Galatians 5 that our children are learning in children's work right now. We're to bear spiritual fruit, but also Christians should bear evangelistic fruit. Do you remember the parable of the sower that Jesus tells in the gospel? He, he, he says a sower goes out and sells, sows seed and the seed falls on all sorts of different types of soil or the path. But the seed that falls on good soil, in other words, Christians who receive and believe in the good news of Jesus Christ, that seed that falls on the good soil yields 30, 60 or a hundredfold what was sown. One seed is sown and then over the course of this lifetime, the seed grows into a plant which bears more seed, which is planted. And so in this one seed produces 30 plants or 60 plants or a hundred plants. And in that sense, Christians are to bear fruit. I want, to, I want you to imagine every Christian is an apple tree. And the Christian who is rooted in Christ, who spends time in prayer, who spends time reading the Bible, who is full of the Holy Spirit, grows big, healthy, delicious apples. And some of those apples, one day, some of those apples will become so big and heavy that they will fall to the ground and then roll away and slowly the seeds in that apple, the apple rots and the seeds in that apple plant a new tree. And so a few meters away from this first apple tree, this first Christian, is a new apple tree sprouting from the earth and growing. And that's exactly like sharing the gospel and someone coming to faith in Jesus Christ. We bear good fruit and we share the gospel. And sometimes by God's blessing, by God moving in the life of someone, that, that apple falls and drops and a brand new tree is planted. And so in that sense, Christchurch Fairham is like an orchard 
lots of different apple trees all growing up together. And as we all bear good fruit and new trees are planted, the orchard becomes bigger and stronger. And there are more and more trees sprouting up all over the place, but we're all in one orchard here in Fairham. And so the, the big question, and so I want to challenge you and say, are you bearing fruit? Are you sharing the gospel? Are you like an apple tree that's also producing new apple trees in the orchard of Fairham and the surrounding region? But the big question is, how can an apple tree bear fruit the other side of the globe? Well, we, we know through supermarkets that actually some apples do bear fruit on the other side of the road. If, uh, on the other side, not the road, on the other side of the world. Some apple trees do because they produce such tasty fruit and in such abundance that supermarkets in the United Kingdom say we've got to have those apples in our shop. And so those apples are transported around the globe and sold in supermarkets. And then maybe someone eats one of those apples and drops the core. And suddenly a tree the other side of the globe has a little child apple tree here in the United Kingdom. Christians too can bear fruit on the other side of the world. And you know how they do this? By supporting global mission. When we give money to commission, when we give money to other missionaries around the world, when we support global mission, we are bearing fruit for the kingdom of God on the other side of the globe, all around the globe. And you know what? That apple tree that produced the apple that gets shipped to the United Kingdom and then plants a tree, that apple tree never knows about that tree that grows in the UK. And in the same way, sometimes we give to global mission and we never quite see the fruit. And yet we know that if we've been faithful and trusted God in giving to global mission, that money will bear fruit for God's kingdom. And maybe when we get to heaven, we'll see what our money has done. And so in that sense, giving to global mission is a really selfless way of giving. You don't benefit from it. And so I want to encourage you to give to global mission in order to bear fruit all around the globe. That's the third reason to give to global mission. Just like the apple tree, planting apple trees, not just in the local orchard, but all around the world. So we too as Christians should give to bear fruit in America and, and South America and Africa and Australasia and Asia and Europe. The fourth and final reason to support global mission is to worship God. Look at verse 18. Paul describes the financial gift he received as a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And that's sweet music to the ears of the Philippian church. And so I want you to know this this morning. Every penny you give to global mission is worship. Every penny you give to global mission is a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And that is a wonderful reason to give to global mission. And the reason that giving to global mission is of particular pleasure to God is because of this no benefit idea. When you give to Christ Church Fairham, I hope as part of our church, you're going to benefit from that money. We're going to use that money to, to share the gospel with others, but we're also going to use that money to build the church and, and serve you better as a church. So when you give to Christ Church Fairham, although I know you give sacrificially and self selflessly, in many ways, you benefit from that money as the church grows and you are supported better. But 
when you give to commission, it's highly unlikely that you will ever benefit from that money because that money is going to be spent in other parts of the world. It's going to be spent in planting new churches in the UK that we might have we might not have very close relationships with. It's going to be spent on planting churches in places like Ghana. It's going to be spent uh, on planting churches in other nations that we may never visit. And so you don't receive benefit. In fact, the only benefit you receive from giving to Global Mission is the reward of your father who sees in secret. And so in that sense, giving to Global Mission is true worship, true generosity, giving without expecting any kind of return from it. And so, as I draw to a close this morning, I want to encourage us to be generous givers to global mission. That's the call this morning. Christians and local churches should give to global mission. And I want to encourage you that a really good way of doing that is giving to commission. But I think there's something deeper here in Philippians chapter 4 as well. Paul talks about satisfaction and contentment. And so if you're a non-Christian, I want to say this to you. In Christ, in Jesus Christ, you can have contentment and satisfaction. You will find contentment nowhere else. Because if, you're, if you find contentment in other places, your contentment will be based upon external circumstances. But if you find your contentment in Christ, he will never be taken away from you. So if you're struggling for contentment right now, I say go to Jesus Christ, believe in him, trust in him and receive salvation and receive the good news of contentment and satisfaction. And if you're a Christian, know the contentment that you have in God, know the joy that you have in God. And from that place of true contentment, give generously and joyously to global mission that the good news of Jesus Christ would be proclaimed and declared all over the world. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for giving us yourself. In Christ, we have the most precious gift known to man. And in the Holy Spirit, we have God always with us wherever we go. May we find joy in the presence and the life and the love of God forever and ever, that we might be content in, in times of hungering and in times of plenty, that we might be content in times of, of not having all that we need and in times of knowing abundance in our lives. Thank you for the offer of contentment that is here in the good news of Christianity. And I pray from that place of contentment, we might give generously. And I pray that Christ Church Fairham as a church and us as individuals might give generously to this commission appeal for money that we might generously support the work of Guy Miller, Heather Miller and their team that does take the good news of Christ around the world, planting churches all over the world, in this country and in other nations. Lord, I pray we would have a passion for global mission. Raise it up in us that we might give generously to that. Amen.